Welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. Here we will deepen your understanding of human and spiritual integration so you can live the life of peace and fulfillment God has for you. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. I hold a degree in theology and am a licensed professional clinical counselor and certified trauma therapist. Join me weekly for practical applications of the spiritual life. No part of this audio is to be used as mental health treatment or clinical advice. Please see a licensed mental health professional for personal consultation. Hi, and welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez, with my co-host, Father David Tuckerhoof, T-O-R. And we're so glad to have you joining us today. The last podcast we did is was on the journey from the false self to the true self, and it flows right into our podcast today, which is actually discussing the difference between living with God in my life or living with me in God's life. And boy, those two sure are interwoven. So um, what we're going to use for our scripture for today is from the book of Romans, and it's chapter 14, starts with verse 7. None of us lives for oneself, and no one dies for oneself. For if we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So then, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. And, um, boy, that just really kind of gets to the core of where we want to take this was, which is really looking at, um, the fact that a lot of times we can live in the illusion that, um, that it is our lives. And yet this scripture speaks right to the heart of it's not our lives. If we live, it's not my life. If I die, it's not my death. It's all, it's all the Lord's. And um, it just kind of makes me think back to early days of of my own conversion and um, coming to Franciscan University as a freshman and even kind of some of the language that would be used with all well-meaning and whatever. But it was, um, and, I, and I think this is, probably happens a lot in, as kind of lingo I've heard in Protestant circles too, which is like, have you accepted God into your life? <laughs> right. And it kind of gets right to the core of, um, it's not my life. <laughs> like it's not my life. So, so whose life is it? So when we kind of zoom out of that very zoomed in stance, we can have in our own day to day where it's, what am I doing tomorrow? What am I doing this afternoon and my calendar and my schedule and that kind of thing. But if we really back out, we really zoom out and look at the whole picture. This is all really God's life. And um, God's the orchestrator. He's the, he's the initiator. And I think and if we, when we really take that to heart, um, it helps everything to fall into place, into proper perspective. Um, so we have some of the kind of, principles of the difference between living with, um, God in my life, me and God's life. So kind of just going to kind of go through this, huh? Father David, and we'll just kind of discuss it. So, um, so the first one that, uh, that we have in this little kind of chart is coming up with ideas about good things to do and asking the Lord to bless my plans. Right. Um, so again, I'm the initiator and I submit it to God. This is what in my, (laughs) 
uh, not infinite wisdom, maybe not even wisdom, I think should happen. And so you bless it, you know, um, as opposed to the contrast of that would be, he's the starting and ending point of everything I do and seeking to be open to the promptings of his spirit at every point along the way. The way I view it is to look at it from two positions. And the first position is one that we're very familiar with in our Catholic teaching. And, and that is when we are baptized in water, we receive the divine indwelling in our life. And in receiving that, that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is dynamically alive in us, working with us, working through us, working for us. And that's the quality of grace that operates in our life when we are baptized in Christ. And then we, we come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And we come to know that and appreciation. And then Jesus tells us that it, in order for us to come to living more deeply the Father's life and the Father's love, we do that in and through Christ, that we ask for the Father's love to be more deeply in us, and we, we do that through Christ. And that's a good position, but as Margaret had mentioned, that's a position of the fact that uh, God's life is in us, and so we're sincere, and we want to cooperate with good virtue, and we want to really, in a sense, uh, work hard at those things. That's all, that's all good things. And then we grow in that, for sure, because as we're doing those things, the in divine indwelling is deeper and deeper in us, and we we go through the conversion and the transformation that's necessary to appreciate the beautiful graces of our baptism, and then then being confirmed through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit through the sacrament of confirmation. And but yet at the same time, uh, as Margaret pointed out, you know we're kind of in control of that, and we're the ones that are working hard at it, and that's not a bad thing, unless it becomes falls into the heresy of perfectionism, or that we're totally in control and we're the ones that are doing all this and giving God a very secondary place in that. So then the other position is the fact that that my life is in God. And my life is in God in a way in which uh, my biggest concern is not what I can set up for to do. Is My biggest concern is learn how to communicate and be in communion with God where I'm able to receive his revelation, small r, revelation and his inspiration and the kind of thing so that more and more I give myself over to the divine will of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So God's taking the initiative. God's running my life. I can remember... Way back when I uh, was ordained, I spent a year in uh, in Philadelphia teaching uh, high school, and then I got changed to then the College of Steubenville, which was going out of business and closing up and three empty dorms and everything. And I had this deep sense that something was missing and there's something wasn't right. And I knew it had to do something with the spirit, but I wasn't sure what it was. And so uh, I uh, had a penicillin reaction and almost uh, died from it. I just got back to the hospital in time. And as I passed out, as I'm walking through the door, you know, uh, you know, I was depleted. My energy was depleted. I was really, uh, you know, uh, down. And so I come home from the hospital and I'm sitting in my chair thinking, you know, 
where's my life going? What's going on? You know, and what's this and that? And, and I, a sort of a confusion and a disappointment in the way things happened and uh, being really uh, depleted emotionally and spiritually and, and physically. And then the, uh, the next night, about three o'clock in the morning, I woke up in the whole, my whole room. I was living in the dorm taking care of some of the students, the male students. And I woke up, and I, the room was saturated, saturated, saturated with God's peace. And I, I never felt that presence of God so beautifully before. And what flashed through my mind was, you are running your own life. Why don't you let me run your life? And I recognized that as sin, and I repented right on the spot of that. And then a couple weeks later, uh, I was in a situation where I was hearing about the work of the Holy Spirit and the graces of the Holy Spirit. And uh, some of the brothers prayed with me for this new life in God, this empower, for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And, and man, my life changed unbelievably. Once I switched over to the first position of, you know, being in God's life and being in his life, then he could do my my he could do his will through me and he could lead me and guide me. It's it's, a, it's the better position. I happen to think that we usually struggle with both of those things. And it's conversion is part of the process of moving more and more away from I'm in control to more and more that God is in control and I need to learn more and more how to follow God's will in, in, in the daily de- choices and decisions and situations in, in my life. That's so great. I love the image of baptism, how you went back and started with that because, you know, if we think about it, if, if we're baptized like we're really it's that immersion into god which is really us in him right it's it's us in his life it's not it's not how somehow taking him you know his life into me it's it's being immersed in in his life i can think of like this huge river you know like this um like rapids or something you know and that's his life and we're 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 flowing along in that like but really like the the concept of this of moving from god in my life to me and god's life you know why because like it really calls me on i think it's one thing when we first go through our initial conversions and we can kind of focus so much on um you know not drinking or not lashing out at people and anger or you know not doing the things on the naughty list so to speak and um and kind of think you know in some ways kind of get a little proud and maybe a little judgmental and a little critical, maybe a little, um, you know, kind of like the older brother and the prodigal son kind of thing. And we can kind of rest on our laurels and think like, well, gee, I'm not doing what this person's doing or what that person's doing. So I've, I've kind of arrived, you know, and, and yet when we look at it's a matter of being in God's life to me, then it just, you know, it's conversion 2.0, you know, it's not, it's not that basic level of I'm not doing things on the naughty list. Now, all of a sudden it's ever deepening intimacy, you know, and I think that's, that's really beautiful. And it's, it's very hopeful and very fresh, you know, because there's always more and because God's infinite, right? And so if we're living in his life, then it's, you know, he makes all things new. He's ever ancient, ever new. If it's my life, like it's, 
we're finite. <laughs> so it's only going to, it's only going to go so far. There's only so much newness that, that there's going to be. Um, also makes me think just that first point um, makes me think about the scripture about the Lord giving us the desires of our heart. And when I first ever heard that scripture, I remember thinking it was like those things that I really want, the Lord's going to fulfill. And I've come to instead hear it as the desires themselves he gives, you know, he changes our heart to, to line them up with his heart. And so it's the desire it, the, the desires themselves that he gives us and then fulfills those things, you know? And so again, it's that, um, that living in his life and instead of here's my life and God somehow the divine vending machine that's going to just dispense grace to, um, to help me execute my plans, <laughs> you know? So let's see, the next thing on the list we have is if it's God and if I'm living where it's, um, God in my life under that kind of illusion, then it just be kind of a matter of allotting a certain time to prayer and then trying to be kind and not sin against others. So it's, and, and I guess, and those things aren't bad, right? Those things aren't bad, but in a lot of ways, like what it speaks to is kind of compartmentalizing spirituality to, you know, five minutes in the morning or even however much time in the morning, you know, it's not a matter of the amount of time. It's the matter, the a matter of the compartmentalization that becomes the problem as opposed to primacy is given to being with the Lord and present to him in me and making myself submissive to him so he can be incarnate again through me to others. So it's that is this, the difference between a stance of compartmentalization as opposed to a stance of being um, disposed to incarnate him in the world. After a number of years at Steubenville, I got into a relationship with a group called the Servants of the Cross. And they were dedicated to missionary work in the and they set up their center in Reynosa, Mexico, right across from McAllen, Texas. And I was planning to study Spanish and then go join them and work with them after I I uh, was fin- finished studying Spanish. And and uh, things didn't, didn't work out that way as I had expected it to. And so then I ended up being going back to my community center and looking to try to figure out what to do and searching for things and everything else. But as as i was reflecting on that desire the desire really strongly uh, was more and more coming to the surface that what i needed to concentrate on was doing god's will and learning how to do that more and accepting the things that didn't uh, fit into that and doing god's will and that what what came to my mind was beautiful the servants of the cross and why I bring bring the mumpas they had a, a real devotion to Charles de Foucault. Charles de Foucault was a, a short biography here. Charles de Foucault was a legionnaire, and he was a, a very uh, worldly man, very doing all kind of things on the naughty list that he shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> and uh, any, anyhow, he went through a, a tremendous conversion, and he went back to northern Africa, and he started to serve with some of the tribes there in northern Africa. 
And uh, he had a compound, and he did a lot of Eucharistic adoration and things like. And he grew and grew, and he taught the uh, he taught a lot of the the women how to do certain things that really made their life better for their families and things like that. And he had an assistant, and then towards the end of his life, the assistant worked with him, and uh, he was in a compound, and he because there was a number of different tribes, and they were not all in agreement with one another, and there was uh, skirmishes from time to time, and so uh, what happened was one tribe got into a conflict with the with the other tribe, and it was right in the middle of where he was, and his assistant betrayed him and uh, left the door open. And so when the opposing tribe came over, they came in and they captured him and they put him under, they put him under the guardian of a 16-year-old guy with a gun. And so right at that point is some of his writings he was saying before he, his, his whole desire was to completely do God's will, to really be open to God's will and letting all the circumstances of life determine how God reveals his will through that. So he has that famous prayer of self-surrender, self-surrendering of uh, to God and to his will in my life, no matter what comes. And certainly without, we need to be responsible and make the right choices and, and be act according to what is uh, human, human maturity and responsibility while we grow spiritually. But here what happened is the, the war changed in as these two tribes are fighting and the this young kid, 16 years old, has a gun on Charles de Foucault. And um, <clears throat> the the tribe that was where Charles was started to lose, and the other tribe took uh, uh, ascendancy. And uh, anyhow, uh, the, the things switched around, and the tribe there uh, went back and forth. And finally, as it was coming, the, the kid belonged to the tribe that was losing. And he panicked, and he shot him in the head and killed him. To, killed Charles Day for cold, and that was the end of his life. But the the beautiful prayer of surrender and abandonment to God and to God's will was the main focus of his life, and he got that through some real Eucharistic adoration and time before the Blessed Sacrament, and the humble, humble, humble care of people who need help and the care of the poor and dedication to the poor. And that's always really, in these recent years, has really been a beautiful ideal that I try to keep before me. That's really beautiful. It has had my mind going to other saints and like the examples of um, St. Therese. I know we've talked about her, but uh, that I think the same concept is uh, if you if you follow it out to the idea that it's really me and God's life, that's how I think you can have saints who, um, whether it's circumstances like that or whether it's, you know, they're only 23 or 24 and they finally made it to their religious vocation and they're so happy to be there. And yet here comes their death and like, so what we would consider untimely and, um, and you're there, they're not clinging to it. You know, they're clinging to him instead of clinging to their lives. And, um, and I really think it comes from a stance of living in the fact that, you know, in the understanding of that it's God's life and that I'm living in. And because if it's God in my life, then it's my life. And that's what, I, what I'm going to cling to and, and, and get, um, excessively, bitter or self-consumed or whatever that here I am and I'm only only been 
professed or ordained or whatever it is, you know, it's a very short amount of time. And now all of us, you know, all of a sudden I'm already on death's door. So. Making an application to this, uh, we're without going into it because man, there's all kind of stuff in, but we were really in a, in a, in a, in a, a challenging cultural change, a major cultural change. And my own personal conviction is that, for uh, Pope Francis mentions this in a number of different places. Once in, in a, one of his uh, noon hours of the uh, Angelus, and that was was the whole idea of um, the Catholic faith cannot continue to exist unless it's rooted in a culture. And I think the culture of compassion is the context of mercy. The last five popes have brought this all through. And it was said this in the dedicated things, and Francis himself had a whole year dedicated to mercy, and we, we know what the other holy fathers have done. But the whole idea here is living in, in a culture of compassion. And when we're living in a culture of of compassion, we have to deal with the culture that we're in. And the culture that we're in is a very, a very secular culture. And in its negative formats, there's all kind of things going on. Violence, sexual abuse, abuse of families, broken families. You know, you know all that. So I'm not going to go reiterating that. What the point is, is that the people that I know are really wondering, how do you live in this situation? What do you do in these things? What? And basically, we have to take the principles of the culture of compassion, human and spiritual integration, and these the principles of formation, and we need to apply those to living a holy life according to the scriptures and the authentic teaching of the church, and living living that out in our practical lives. We take we we a flower grows where it's planted. It's not doesn't grow somewhere else in imagination. So a flower grows with its breath. So we need to deal with our circumstances, welcome those things, and change the things that need to change. That's a part of conversion. But we need to change the things that need to be changed in order that we really may use the situations that we find ourselves in, welcome them, and use those to really, in a sense, uh, submit and surrender to what God's will is and what he's doing in our life. Yeah, that's a, that's exactly what I was thinking. Before you used the word surrender, I was thinking that's exactly sur- what surrender is, right? And which goes so much back to the our podcast the um, from last week where we talked about the difference between power and how how we navigate our powerlessness. Um, I'm gonna just kind of skim over a number of these things that are on this list that Father David and I are looking at, but because essentially in a lot of ways they boil down to a matter of self-reliance. You know, if it's, if it's God in my life, then it becomes about my strengths and my skills. And if it, it was, it was interesting. I'll stop right there. Um, someone recently said, you know, does God give us more than we can handle? That was asked me on a retreat and my answer was absolutely. And everybody just kind of looked at me with big eyes and dropped jaws. And I'm like, of course he does. Like the gap between like what I can handle and the circumstance, that's where grace fills in, you know? I mean, I, I've had so many situations in my life, even back to a podcast that aired recently about when I lived with a serial killer and there was so many gaps in that situation. Um, that the Lord just filled in 
with himself and even some miraculous kind of circumstances. But um, so you you get the feeling that it's pretty quickly that it's not about it's not about my skills. It's not about my strengths. You know, his are the ones that are are primary. So, um, so it takes us out of that stance of self-reliance. Um, you know, or, um, I think if it's, if it's my life, then being right, it becomes primary, you know, being right, even if it's being right in what I believe or what I do, um, it still becomes, it becomes a matter of me, not even so much a matter of the truth anymore, you know? Um, so there's one more that I really kind of want to put out there be- be- before we wind this podcast up, but um, because I this always strikes my heart ever since it really kind of uh, kind of unfolded to me, and and that's the the words from the consecration where um, where it's do this in remembrance of me. Um, I think if it's God in my life, we can take those words to mean. Um, ex- to re- kind of refer exclusively to um, to going to mass and receiving communion, or the, you know, or um, the the mass being celebrated, which obviously is like that's the source and summit of the Catholic life, and you can get all that. Um, but if we look at another level of meaning in that, then it actually do this in remembrance of me can actually mean if we're, if we're living in God's life, then the Eucharist and the intimacy of that union empower me to seek to, to be love the way the Lord is love and laid down his, his life and, and even gave himself to, to us as real food and real drink. And, um, so it, it has application for, for me and it has a, um, it, it requires something of me in, in imitation of the Lord and in imitation of laying myself down and, um, and seeking to be transformed for the sake of my brothers and sisters instead of, um, instead of really kind of it becoming Jesus as my, my mascot, you know, now Jesus is really Lord. So again, it just calls us on to, to, deeper conversion 2.0 and it can really help prevent us from falling into that uh, kind of self-congratulatory attitude of not you know kind of the um you know the the guy who sat in the back of the chapel or synagogue or whatever saying like thank you that i'm not or the first the front right the front saying thank you god that i'm not like this other person right and um, instead, it it keeps us in that stance of um, we're we're you know useless servants, and we've done no more than we've been commanded to do. So, so, um, so again, just the concept of the fact that we live in God's life, and so you know, I guess if there's a summary to that that I'd like to leave you with is just um, take it as taking the pressure off, you know, take it as taking the pressure off and as, um, as a fact that God has so much more for us than we can even ask or imagine. And, um, and really encourage you to let yourself get swept away in the intimacy that, 
the Lord has for you, that he has for, for you, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, and no matter where, what circumstances you find yourself in right now, that's the fundamental truth. So um, thank you for listening to us and joining us. And if you want to get connected to what we do, Father David and I do um, parish and diocesan healing seminars. You can contact us via the website, sacredhearthealingministries.com. Father David's book, Evangelizing Catholic Culture, is a great book on atonement, speaks very much to that intimate stance with the Lord. That's available on Amazon, as are my books, more than words, the freedom to thrive after trauma and fearless, abundant life through infinite love. And so we thank you again for joining us. Look forward to talking to you again next week. May the Lord give you peace. Thank you for joining me for today's show. Please subscribe and share and check us out on wholenessandholiness.com. Follow and like us on social media. And to learn more about Sacred Heart Healing Ministries, please go to sacredhearthealingministries.com.